When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This week's episode is sponsored by Third Love. If you have been listening to the show for a while, you know that we love Third Love. Finding a great fitting, comfortable bra is so hard. It is way harder than it should be. And that means that most of the time, if you're anything like us, the first thing you do when you get home is take off that itchy, uncomfortable bra. Or even if it felt good at the beginning of the day, by the end of the day, you just can't wait to be free. Third Love is an exciting new lingerie brand that uses real women's measurements to create better fitting bras. They are the most comfortable bras that either of us here has ever owned. And they stand behind them so much. There's a 100% fit guarantee. Returns and exchanges are always free. And if you want to try it for yourself, you can try Third Love's best-selling 24-7 t-shirt bra for free for 30 days. You just cover the shipping. Start your trial now at thirdlove.com books. Wear the bra, wash the bra. If you love it, you keep it. They charge your card. If you don't, you send it back. That's it. So again, go to thirdlove.com books to start your free 30-day trial and look for a link in our show notes. You're listening to All the Books, a weekly show of recommendations and enthusiasm regarding the week's new book releases. This is episode 76, and today we are talking about books released on October 18th, 2016, and more. I'm Liberty Hardy, here with my fellow podcast, Rebecca Shinsky, and we're coming to you from bookriot.com. Hello. Hello there. How I know are we you? touched on this earlier, but like before we started recording, but... Mm-hmm. I'm so hot. <laughs> I know. It's not right. It's 75 in Maine, which means it's like so much more where you are. <laughs> it's like 85 here. And it came out of nowhere. I was yeah. in the mountains. I was in Shenandoah National Park living my best life this weekend, <laughs> honoring Terry Tempest Williams. And it was cool and crisp and like the leaves are changing colors and it just looks the way that October is supposed to look and now it's so hot that I'm like not even wearing pants again which this is the season that pants are acceptable to me and it's just not happening uh I am disgruntled where is my blanket and read a book weather I already took the AC out it's a sure sign once you take your air conditioner out (sighs) that it will get hot again it's like the unwritten verse of that uh Alanis Morissette ironic song (laughs) (laughs) something like that yeah. Um, before I let you tell me about your first pick this week, I just want to remind our friends listening, we are only a few weeks away from Book Riot Live, only and we would love to see you there. So go to bookriotlive.com to get all the info, to check out the lineup. There are just an incredible group of speakers that will be there. Liberty and I will be doing a live version of this show. There's going to be a live version of the Book Riot podcast. Um, I get to interview Mara Wilson and Walter Mosley about storytelling and all the different 
ways that they have uh, approached storytelling in their careers. There are so, so many incredible speakers and panels. There are parties. You can come to a Books and Booze event at the Strand. So much stuff. We would love to see you. So go to bookriotlive.com and use the offer code MOREcats, that's M-O-R-E-C-A-T-S, all one word, to save $20 on your registration. And it will let us know that you came as a fan of all the books. I went to Oblong Books and Music in Rhinebeck, New York uh, last week. It's mm-hmm. like an eight-hour round-trip drive for me, but <sighs> hi, there are books. So it's like, <laughs> we'll so drive for books. No-brainer. Plus, my friend Susanna owns the store, and she's awesome. So I went down with my friend Jen, and I was like, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to convince her to go to Book Riot Live. And it took like all of two seconds. So <laughs> she's going to be coming. I'm excited. There's going to be so many awesome people there. It will be so great. It's going to be so much fun. And it was great last time. Yeah. So hopefully not 75, but hopefully not. But we had really nice weather last year. It was. Yeah, it was freakishly warm. Really mild for New York in November. So I'm happy to hope for that. Yeah. All right, lady, how are you going to kick us off this week? Um, I'm going to start off with one of those crazy random book coincidences that if you're a reader, you have all the time. Uh, Yes. You. A few weeks ago, several weeks ago now, I woke up, I was looking at my Instagram feed, and a friend was in England, and she's like, I just bought this book here, and it looks really cool, and I was like, oh, cool, and then later on, they released the Man Booker Long List, and it was on that list, and I was like, weird, I have to read this book when it comes out, and then that afternoon, it showed up on Edelweiss, and I was like, well, this is a sign that I need to read this book, and I'm so glad I did. It is called His Bloody Project. Documents Relating to the Case of Roderick McRae by Graham McRae Burnett. And it actually just made the shortlist for the man booker uh, a couple oh, weeks hey. ago. So that says something. But it's basically documents relating to a horrific murder. And I, I actually had to go like four different times and ch- check to make sure this was actually not, that was, was actually fiction. Oh. Because... The author is, like, claiming that he found this old document, um, like, a confession to this triple murder um, that took place in 1869 Scotland, and, you know, he's a distant relative of his, and here's his confession, and here are, like, all the police statements and the court transcripts and all the stuff. But it's not true. He's making it up completely. But it's so convincing. I Seriously, four times, I was like, are we sure this isn't, like, based in truth? And this Nope. He made up the whole thing, but he had me going. Um, so like I said, it's about Roderick McRae. He's 17 years old. He lived in Scotland, and he has been accused of a triple murder in, uh, it's like 1869. Um, the first half of the book is, like, police statements from his neighbors, like, some of them saying, like, oh, you know, he was a really quiet, shy boy. We can't believe this. Um, you know, some of his neighbors saying, like, here's, you know, how we found him. Like, there's no doubt in our minds that he did this. And some people are saying, like, you know, he was a horrible creep. And so then you get his confession, and he tells you about, like, his life leading up in, until the murders. Um, it's it's a very interesting. Like, he lived very... His family was very poor. He lived with his dad. His mother has passed away after the birth of his youngest brother. Um, and his father is sort of a very hard, um, very strict man. You know, he beats the kids, and he's, you know, uh, quite a drinker. Um, he lives, uh, Roderick lives with his sister and his little siblings and they, they work the fields and it's like one of those things where like there's the landowner, um, and then he has all the, the people that live on his land and work the fields and they get to keep us, you know, a certain amount of the food and, you know, the rest goes to the landowner and there's a gentleman, I'm, I'm forgetting all my words right now, 
there's a gentleman um, who is in charge of them, sort of. He's, like, voted into this position where he goes and talks to the landowner because the landowner can't be bothered to talk to, like, his servants, you know, his the peasants in the fields. Um, and that man, the man who is in charge, is a bully. He's really hard, and for some reason... Um, he has chosen Roderick's family to really come down on. Like, whenever something is wrong, you know, he gives them a hard time. He he makes their lives miserable. And Roderick talks about, like, that, like, what it's like to, like, be under the thumb of this bully and under, you know, living with his father, who is horrible. And, you know, he's he's young and he, he meets girls and he wants, like, a different life than what he has. And just, you know, he's destined to just work the fields all the time. And he doesn't want that... Um, so it goes on from there, and then the second half of the book is courtroom transcripts from the trial. Like, again, more people saying, like, he was so nice, and he was so kind, and he was so quiet, and, you know, we can't believe this. And then there's some people saying, you know, he's obviously crazy, he obviously did this. Um, and there's, like, a psychiatrist who interviews him while he's in this cell. And you get all these professional opinions about him, and you sort of, like, it's pretty obvious, like, where it's going, but you sort of have to draw your own conclusions. The writing is so superb and atmospheric and so real. Like I told you four times, had to look it up. <laughs> um, but I will disagree. They're pitching this as a thriller, and I, I disagree with that label. Like, I don't think this is a thriller. I think it it's a straightforward, straightforward-ish sort of mystery. Mm. Um, it's sort of a slow burn. Like, and when you get to the end, you might... I've talked to a couple of people who have read it, and we each had our own, like, opinions on what happened. Interesting. So, so it's it's very smart and interesting, and, um, but, you know, it's not going to be, like, keep you up at night, oh my goodness, you know, scary thriller. That's, that's what they're selling, but that's not what it is. But it's really smart and interesting. And again, it is called His Bloody Project by Graham McRae Burnett. Speaking of prize finalists. That's a weak segue, but it's the one that I'm going with. <laughs> um, my pick this week is The Association of Small Bombs by Karin Mahajan. Uh, this is coming out in paperback this week, and it is a finalist for the National Book Award. Uh, it is very deserving, and I think in any other year, this might be my front runner for the prize, but he's up against Colson Whitehead. Uh, well, and he and three other writers are up against Colson Whitehead. Uh, so good luck, but I think it's going to be tough. But this is an incredible, incredible book. Uh, it begins in 1996 in Delhi, India, with the Karana family. They have two sons that are uh, like, you know, sort of the tween age, like tweeny adolescent age. Uh, their sons are leaving the house to go pick up a television that they've had repaired and they take their friend with them. They stop off in the market and a bomb explodes. Uh, it's basically domestic terrorism. And the two boys, the two brothers, are killed instantly. Their friend survives the blast. Uh, and he goes back, he eventually makes his way back home to his parents. The book unspools from there to follow Mr. and Mrs. Karana as they attempt to recover from the death of their son, uh, to follow the other boy as he grows up for the next five or six years, and his parents, um, what the lives of these two couples are like after one set loses both children and the other set uh, get to keep their son. And he's a kid that they tried really hard to have, that they um, have sheltered and really controlled. He wasn't supposed to be going to the market at all. So there's this feeling of like anger that his friends even took him to this place that he wasn't supposed to go, but also that intense relief that their kid lived. Uh, and but besides following those families, we 
find our way into storylines that show us um, the people setting off the bombs and how they ended up in those groups. And we get to watch as one character um, goes from sort of just being lost to eventually being recruited into a group of domestic terrorists in India. Uh, it is the writing is just bonkers good. Um, I started it one evening and sat down thinking like, I'm going to get a couple chapters into this and see if it's a good fit for me. And I just could not stop um, turning the pages. The language is beautiful. The way that uh, Mahajan tells this story and it's the way that he is able to make every character so sympathetic and so human. Um, you know, we're supposed to have this black white story about people who do things like set off bombs in marketplaces and of course that is an objectively bad thing to do um, but he shows us the human inside that decision and all of the life experiences that lead this character to do that and then we see the outcomes um, or at least the outcomes in some of these characters lives from a similar kind of explosion it's just so gorgeous um, and well written. And for me as an American reader, you know, we hear so much about terrorism uh, as a thing that comes from outside of America and a threat that we should be watching for internationally. But uh, it's a daily reality for so many people in so many other parts of the world. And this really is eye opening about that as well. It's so so good um, for being such a weighty subject. The book doesn't feel heavy. It didn't feel like work to be reading about this difficult and sad thing. Uh, but even if it were work, it would have been worth it. This is an excellent book. Um, I think it came out earlier this year originally, so it's going to be in my contenders for best books of 2016, just bar none. Uh, really excellent. Again, it's called The Association of Small Bombs by Karin Mahajan. That's so good. I, I'm so glad I wouldn't have to choose who I know. wins the prize because I, I love all of the books that are up. And who knows? Maybe it, maybe there will be a surprise. Uh, stranger things like last have year? happened. <laughs> yeah. Many stranger things have happened, but um, man, hard to go up against Colson Whitehead. But Karin Mahajan yeah. is worthy of you know being in that company. Speaking of strange things, like as we're recording this, a bunch of ladybugs are landing on my screen. So if at some oh. point I scream or like don't respond, I've been carried away by this gang of beetles. <laughs> <laughs> They're like, it's hot out here. <laughs> yeah, I don't know what's well, going on. I mean, that's not a terrible way to go, I guess. Yeah, ladybugs are pretty cute. Um, now for something completely different. <laughs> yeah. uh, let me tell you about our first sponsor. Our first sponsor is Wonder Women, 25 innovators, inventors, and trailblazers who changed history by Sam Maggs. Sam Maggs did the awesome book last year. Uh, awesome. I know it's awesome. I've read it. It's called The Fangirl's Guide to the Galaxy, a handbook for girl geeks. And now she's back with Wonder Women, amazing stories of women who overcame terrible odds to pursue their passions. It says, women have always been able to change the world, even when they didn't get the credit. In Wonder Woman, author Sam Maggs introduces you to pioneering female scientists, engineers, mathematicians, adventurers, and inventors. Each profile, a study in passion, smarts, and stick-to-itiveness, complete with portraits by Google Doodler, Sophia Foster Domino, an extensive bio bibliography, and a guide to present-day women-centric STEM organizations. It's, it's so rad. I've seen it. it. It's great. It's really cool to look at. Um, it's, it's, you know, really inspiring. Like they have, she's got some great people in there. 
she she has a, a great selection. Um, you know, it's very diverse and very inclusive, and she's done an awesome job. Yeah, and if you are a teacher or a librarian or a parent of boys and girls, books like this are not just important for girls. This is a great thing to have in your house or your classroom or your library. I loved it a lot. I was so happy to see they were sponsoring this week. Yeah, me too. So again, it's called Wonder Woman by Sam Maggs, and we will have a link to that in the show notes. And we, we I can't, I lost my words. We <laughs> thank Quirk Books for sponsoring. I almost said we sponsor Quirk Books and... It does be like the other way around. Someone should inform Quirk Books that they're about to have like a whole bunch of books about cat puns. <laughs> <laughs> that too. What's Yay. your next pick? My next pick is called IQ by Joe E. Day. It is a fun original mystery um, set in East Long Beach, California, in the most dangerous neighborhood in that town. It's about a man named Isaiah. He is nicknamed IQ. Not just because his initials are actually IQ, but because he is off the charts smart. He's sort of a loner. He's a high school dropout, but he's remarkably brilliant, um, but socially inept, like a lot of high school dropouts are. Like, he just can't function around people. Um, And so now, years later, he has a reputation as a sort of local detective. He takes on cases that the LAPD don't want to be bothered with, like really weird things, really small, you know, problems, Um, and his clients pay him what they can, which usually ends up being, like, a set of tires or a basket of muffins, um, a homemade casserole, and he's just, he's got his own secrets, which sort of unravel as the book goes on. He's living this solitary existence, but then one day IQ finds himself in real danger when he accepts a case trying to find out who has it out for a rap mogul. Um, There's a rap star who grew up in his neighborhood, made a name for himself. Um, He comes to IQ with his problem, and and IQ goes in search of the answers, and he encounters dangerous people, dangerous exes. Um, it's, It's really fun. It's really funny, and it's incredibly smart. It's just a really refreshingly different take on the genius detective like that that we, we have been inundated with recently, you know, like with the Sherlock revival and everything. It's like, you know, super, super smart and unable to relate to people. Um, this is a really cool take on that genius detective. And again, it is called IQ by Joe Day. I got to see him at a lunch at Book Expo, and he was so warm and funny, and he talked about like growing up as a kid in L.A., reading all of Sherlock Holmes and sort of escaping into books and dealing with questions of uh, his racial identity and how all of those things played into the book. I can't wait to read it. Awesome. What are you got? Uh, My next pick is another paperback release. So this is a shout out because I picked this the week that it came out in hardcover earlier uh, this year. It's called Your Heart is a Muscle the Size of a Fist. It's by Sunil Yappa, um, one of the awesome debut novels of the year so far. And I think it's really convenient that this is coming out this week alongside the Association of Small Bombs. To me, they feel like cousins. Uh, The book is set all on one day in 1999 in Seattle at the World Trade Organization protests. The WTO was meeting in Seattle. This is a real thing that occurred. There were huge protests. uh, And so the book is set in this, you know, one day historical moment. It opens with a young man named Victor who has been away from home for a few years and he's coming back to sell weed to the protesters and get a little money so he can leave again. Um, As the book goes on, we move between and Yappa manages so many characters and so many different perspectives 
in this book, but there's Victor, there's a police chief, there are a couple different police officers who are there working the protest. We get to see, um, I think, two different protesters and how they found their ways into being uh, a demonstrator, the reasons that they got into it and their reasons for being there at this particular protest. And it's about politics. It's about the reasons for protest and demonstration, why that works and why it sometimes doesn't work. It's about police brutality, um, trigger warning, if that is a thing that's difficult for you to read about. He looks right at that uh, in this book. And it's also about family and identity as we find out why Victor was away from home, uh, what it was that drove him out, and how uh, some of his other family members are connected to this event on this one day. The novel just blew me away. And if you have had it on your radar and been meaning to pick it up, this is a really good time to do it since it's out in paperback. The new paperback cover is really gorgeous. If this is the first that you're hearing of it, uh, definitely please consider it. One of the, as I said, big debuts of the year. And one of those debuts that, uh, again, was kind of like, this is someone's first book. Uh, Like He just manages to present so many different perspectives, and every one of them is interesting and fleshed out. Uh, So a voice to watch as well. So again, that's Your Heart is a Muscle the Size of a Fist by Sunil Yapa. I can't believe these books are in paperback. I feel I like we just talked about them. I know, and it was like January, but that oh, this, yeah. the life cycle is shortening for sure. Oh, well, I mean, it's it's always like nine to 12 months, but I mean, it, we're in the middle of October. How did that happen? I am unprepared. <laughs> so crazy for me. Yes. Um, I'm going to jump right into my next pick. I don't have a segue, except that it's awesome. It is called <laughs> The Loved Ones by Sonia Chung. It's about a young African-American man named Charles Lee. He grew up fatherless in D.C. Um, with his other siblings. And now it's the mid-1980s. He's married with two kids of his own, but he's really unhappy in his marriage. Um, he's very restless, but he's fighting that with, like, the, you know, the life that he had. Like, he wants his kids to grow up with a father. Like, things were very hard for him when he was young, and he wants to be there for his children, but... His marriage has sort of stalled, and he doesn't know what to do. Um, And then he meets Hannah Lee, who is a teenage Korean-American whose family uh, lives nearby, and she becomes their babysitter. Um, Her family is very closed and very strict, and we get a sense of, like, what her home life is like. And then there is an explosive tragedy that brings the families together and tests the bonds of love and, and everything that they knew about relationships and themselves um, I don't want to say too much because I don't want to give it away, but it's really, it's, there's so much going on in this book. It's, it, it goes back and forth and in, in, in their families and it's just, it's a love story. It's a family saga. It's an examination of race. Um, Sonia Chung is a beautiful, passionate writer. And I, I don't like this word being used for books very often. Like I think it gets thrown around too much, but I really do think that it's haunting. Um, it will have you thinking about it long after you've finished it. And again, it is called The Loved Ones by Sonia Chung. That sounds fantastic. Yeah, it's 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 really great. I need to read her last book, won some sort of award, which I'm forgetting now. Um, but I, I really want to go back and read her other books now. Awesome. 
Uh, I have no segue to our next sponsor, so we'll just go there. Okay. Uh, <laughs> this week's episode is sponsored by FabFitFun. Uh, that's a subscription box that has premium, full-size fashion, beauty, fitness, and lifestyle products. This is not the one-time use eyeshadow sampler, friends. This is the whole enchilada. The box comes out once each season, so they are shipping the fall box now. If you need to celebrate fall despite the fact that it's unseasonably hot, this is a good way to do it. FabFitFun retails for $49.99, but it always has a value over $2. $200 and the fall boxes value is actually $250. So you get like five times the bang for your buck. Pretty fantastic. We can't tell you everything that's in the fall box because that would be a sad spoiler and nobody wants to do that. But a few of the items include a night serum, an eyeshadow palette, lavender body oil, and an awesome cloth, uh, an awesome scarf from Mod Cloth. I have seen that one, and it's really pretty. Um, we've gotten samples of past boxes, and those have been really fun to open. Uh, and they really do run the gamut from uh, fashion and beauty kinds of products to things about fitness and lifestyle, and just taking good care of yourself and looking good and feeling good. Um, they've worked with Headspace before which is the meditation app that I love. There have been Pilates and Zumba DVDs, hair oil, lip gloss, necklaces, gift cards to other online shops, you name it. It's really a phenomenal box. Uh, it's always a pleasure to open and go through and find out what's in there. And there's always something really great. So you can subscribe at fabfitfun.com. You can use the coupon code books to get $10 off your first box. Plus, if you refer a friend, you'll get $15 off your box and your friend will get $10 dollars off. So everybody wins there. Again, go to fabfitfun.com to subscribe and use the coupon code books to get $10 off your first box. All right, man, we're just in the land of no segues this week because I don't have any idea yeah. how to pivot from FabFitFun to a book about <laughs> a Buddhist. Uh, but here's one that I have my eye on. It's out today and I didn't get an early copy of it. So I'm going to be looking forward to picking it up on my own. It's called At Home in the World by Thich Nhat Hanh. Uh, he is a Zen Buddhist master and one of the writers who has been widely recommended to me by several of you as I've been um, reading more about meditation and mindfulness. And I've read a few of his books now and have really found them useful. Like I, I held out on reading about mindfulness for so long because I was afraid that like a book by a Buddhist Zen master was going to be like way too intellectual or deep or just over my head in some way. And this has been exactly, his books have been exactly the opposite. They're so direct and down to earth and practical about how to think about your meditation practice. And here are some examples and here are some stories from my life. And they're just very inspiring and wonderful. And this is an, a collection of autobiographical stories um, and the kinds of teaching stories that Thich Nhat Hanh tells in his other books that he uses as examples, um, things that he pulls from his own life and experiences that he's had. Uh, this also, I guess, reaches back to his childhood in rural Vietnam and follows him up through how he became a Buddhist, how he decided to become a Buddhist monk. Um, and now he uh, lives at a retreat center in France and helps run that. Like people go for, you know, a week or a month at a time uh, to practice meditation and to learn from him. Um, just a really interesting, man uh, who's lived an incredible life and I can't wait to read at home in the world awesome mm -hmm. that's my that's my word for, for just things awesome. that I haven't read like yay okay. yeah your next your next thing is definitely awesome uh yes so I was thinking about this book because I have a niece who is four and she's reading on her own now um like a lot like like 
words that are six or less letters, she can she can read books. And, and I was thinking like, oh, I should you know bring her something that I read and loved when I was little. Um, and so I was thinking, Manicula. It's like the perfect oh, time yeah. of year. And it's it's for ages eight to twelve, but I read it when I was much younger than than eight, and I think she would absolutely love it. And I was thinking there are people out there listening who uh, read this book when they were young, and mm-hmm. maybe want a reminder that they should pick it up again, or you know read it with their kids now, or maybe you never read it and you should pick it up because Benicula is so so good. It is Benicula by James and Deborah Howe. It came out in nineteen seventy nine. And it went on, there's, I think, seven books in the series now, like Holiday Inn and The Celery Stocks at Midnight. Um, I think there's a total of seven. I read those for sure. But it's about a dog, or I should say, they're all narrated by Harold. He's the family dog. He belongs to the Monroe family. And one day, the Monroes come home. They went to see a screening of Dracula at the movie theater, and there was a rabbit running around. And they're like, oh, poor last bunny. So they bring him home, and they name him Benicula, because they went to see it, Dracula. And, well, immediately, Chester, the cat, Harold's best friend, is convinced that Benicula is a vampire. Like, he himself is a vampire, that's why he was at Dracula. He thinks he's really weird, because Benicula has really big fangs for a rabbit. And he also <laughs> has these nocturnal sleeping habits. Like, he's he sleeps all day, and he's up all night. And Harold's kind of like, mm, Chester's a little crazy, he's, a little, he's wound a little tight. But then, all the juice starts being sucked out of the vegetables in the refrigerator at night. Like, oh, <laughs> so scary. And now Harold and Chester are determined to get to the bottom of that and save the Monroe family from the vampire rabbit, if that is indeed what is going on. It's so much fun. It's so cute. Um, I don't know anyone who has read this who didn't absolutely love it. Um, and now I'm going to bring you down by telling you that uh, this was written with by James and Deborah Howe, but she unfortunately passed away before it was printed, so she never got to see oh, the no. amazing stuff that Benicula did and how it meant, how much it meant to everybody. Um, I know that it's it's my favorite book from when I was little, and I just wanted to remind people it was out there and that you should pick it up. Again, it's Benicula by James and Deborah Howe. That's probably the best segment we've ever done on this show. Like, <laughs> If our legacy is that more people read or remember Benicula, we're good. It's so cute. It is. And it just holds up. Like, I think, I don't remember how old I was, but early in my school years, one of my teachers read it out loud to us. And I just remember loving it so much. They did a cartoon of it, like in the early 80s, but they changed a lot. And even then I was like, that's not how it was. That's not right. Like, no, everyone should read Benicula. Yeah. So what are you going to wrap it up with? My last pick is another paperback release. Uh, This is a week of really good paperback releases from big books that came out early in the year. Uh, It's American Housewife. It's a collection of short stories by Helen Ellis. I loved this book so much. It is tiny. You can read it in one sitting. It's hilarious and kind of deceptively dark. Um, And it's mostly about profane Southern ladies, which is a character that I can relate to. Uh, There's one about a woman who works on a rigged reality show. There's a really dark one about like sort of like the Stepford Wives of Southern book clubs and what happens to a newcomer. Uh, And my favorite story in the collection and probably my favorite short story of the year uh, is about this man in one of these small Southern towns who is like 
a magical bra fitter, which makes it perfect that we had a third love spot at the top of the show. But like, he can just look at you and tell what size you are. And so women go to him and they find out their right bra size and he gives them the perfect bra and they feel beautiful and sexy. And some of them swoon over him and uh, his wife watches and knows like, if something happens to to her, like these ladies are going to be lining up uh, to get to him. And it's just like this perfect portrait and caricature of uh, the kind of figure that you might find in a small southern town. The women in the, these stories are just, they're flawed and hilarious, and they felt so real to me. I just, I can't express how much I loved this collection. I think it's uh, getting sort of under-recognized because it's funny, and funny books, funny stories uh, don't look like they carry the kind of weight that like a serious, thoughtful uh, story does. But it's harder to write funny and to do it well. And Helen Ellis just knocks it out of the park in every single story in this collection. So pick up American Housewife in paperback. Do it, do it, do it. And the, those are our new books this week. So what are you going to go read now? I am finishing up uh, the new Nick Cutter. He wrote The Troop. Um, it's the perfect time of year to read The Troop if you like to be grossed out and scared. Um, but his new one is called Little Heaven. It comes out at the beginning of next year. It is W to the T to the F. <laughs> like, it's gross and weird and strange. Um, and then I'm, I just got the new Becky Chambers, the sequel to A Long Way to a Small Angry Planet. It's called A Closed and Common Orbit. So I'm very excited about that. What are you going to read? I haven't totally decided, but I just got A Separation by Katie Kitamura in the mail. Yeah, it's, yeah, okay. (laughs) Um, It's coming out from Riverhead in 20, early 2017. Um, I think Jen, our coworker and our events director at Book Riot, um, also loved it. I've had my, so I've had my eye on it, but I am studiously avoiding knowing what it's about. Um, I don't want to be spoiled at all. So I might dive into that this weekend we'll see you'll have to ask jen her story about katie i don't want to like tell the entire Ah. internet about it but she has a really cute story (laughs) (laughs) you that's a tease yep Uh, well that wraps it up for us today go to thirdlove.com slash books to get your free 30-day trial with the 24 7 t-shirt bra go to fabfitfun.com and use the coupon code books to get ten dollars off your first box in your fabfitfun subscription and don't forget to check out wonder women by sam mags we both loved it and are so happy uh, that they've sponsored the link to the book will be in the show notes or you can find it wherever books are sold if you want to say something to us you can drop us a line at all the books at bookriot.com or talk to us on twitter we'd love to hear from you i'm rebecca shinsky s-c-h-i-n-s-k-y liberty is miss liberty and if you've got a minute to rate or review the show on itunes we certainly appreciate that it gives us a little magical bump in the uh, apple algorithm uh, you know, witchery (laughs) that they do over there. It helps us out. So thank you. And thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you to all of you that have done that already. It's always really fun and useful to read those reviews. I would just like to point out um, or do a shout out for Litzy, which I don't think I've mentioned recently, but I spend a lot of my time on Litzy. So you can definitely find me there under Liberty. And you are Rebecca Shinsky. I am. And uh, as much as we would love to tell you about more books out today, we just don't have the time. But you can read about more titles out now in the show notes at bookriot.com slash all the books, as well as find a link to our weekly new books newsletter. So shall we count it down? Three, count it down. Two, one. Happy, Happy reading. reading.